0: Welcome, jurors, to Dueling Advocates, where each side of the day's case is argued by a randomly selected advocate. Listen as your favorite advocate either valiantly defends your opinion or makes a mockery of your deepest held beliefs. Will you hold steadfast to your positions or be swayed by the opposing advocate's arguments? In today's case, we will be tackling neuromarketing. Neuromarketing is basically the scourge to the idealism of capitalism and modern economics. It's creating a generation of hoarders and uh, a generation of of spenders versus savers. And it's uh, just a complete deviation from what capitalism should be. You're forcing people to buy things that they don't want or need as opposed to uh, making your case for why a product would actually be needed.
1: All right, so you've covered a lot there, and I think we need to kind of dig deep into what neuromarketing is and why it even exists in the first place, right? Now, I'm not trying to get actually too deep, like scientific knowledge, etc., but ultimately, all it is is bringing awareness to your product, right? And in a capitalist market, you're a small company that's coming up now in a society filled with giants, and I've got to get your attention, Right. So we've got research going into what influences a person's decision to ultimately make that purchase. It's similar to sales where you are trying to sell me something. Right. It's I would say it's less aggressive than sales. Right. So if I know that you respond positively to a picture with a baby on it. How is it detrimental for me to add a baby on the picture to sell diapers? I'm just trying to get your attention ultimately. Yes,
0: exactly. And you're coming at this from the completely wrong angle. You're describing classical marketing and classical sales. Neuromarketing is completely different. You are no longer attempting to make people aware of your product or to exalt its, its benefits and, and show people its value to their lives. Now, instead the product is completely irrelevant to the marketing. What you are focused on is how you can trigger that person's mind to make the purchase, either through uh, sensory motor techniques or uh, some sort of a visual stimuli or some other uh, knowledge of how the lower levels of the brain operate when faced with a decision to make a purchase.
1: Absolutely, and what I'm saying is that's, I'd say that's fine. That's business. Uh, You walk into a casino, for example, right? And tell me all the problems you'd have with a
0: casino. Oh, a casino uses a bunch of these techniques. They, They don't like it when you look at the carpet because it keeps you from looking at the games and getting excited to play them and give them your money. So what they do is they pick a carpet color and pattern that induces headaches or, at the very least, Uh, reduction in interest in looking at the carpet so that you look up towards the games. They've also implemented the use of pheromones at the games that have the, the highest profit margin for them so that you're attracted to those games.
1: Absolutely. And you're saying that's a negative. Now, if I'm in the business of running a casino and you walked into the casino, so you're in the business of gambling, I want to present you with what you came in there for. Right, So Mm -hmm. I don't want you looking at the floor. I want you to see the casino that I built for your enjoyment. And I want you to focus on my games Mm -hmm. as opposed to leaving and going to another casino. Because ultimately, you've already made the decision that you're interested in going to a casino.
0: But did the person make the decision or did you use other neuromarketing techniques to get them into your casino? Because the last time that I checked, there are very few normal-looking casinos that blend into the other uh, stores that, that are on the same block. The, instead, you build a giant castle. You have neon lights. You have beautiful women luring people in. And there we go. But now we
1: can call that old-school marketing because at this point, the beautiful woman that's outside luring you in, you went in because she lured you in. That's fine. Maybe is she, is she doused in pheromones as well? naturally most likely without needing anything basically added to what her. you're
0: telling me is that the 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 table games are unable to stand on their own merits And they require the assistance of of these other techniques that are clandestine and trigger people's Well, if you
1: think about what you had said before, where I actually put it on the carpet, you had to walk into the casino to see that carpet. And that's what I'm saying. You probably used similar techniques to get me to go into the casino. I probably used natural techniques, the natural marketing techniques, right? So you saw the castle outside.
0: These arguments that you're making are more towards whether or not these particular tricks are part of neuromarketing or regular marketing. I still contend that neuromarketing is, is akin to putting a gun to people's heads and forcing them to do something as opposed to using the, the virtues and merits of a product or service to advertise and, and make people want to make that purchase as opposed to tricking them into the purchase just because their baser instincts force them to make that, that purchase or the click or whatever it is that you're after.
1: Now, if I make it that my site is interactive, which is what we're doing, and we're talking about sensory marketing here. Now, I can see behavioral patterns to learn what you want, right? And then I implement that in my marketing technique. How is that inherently negative? I didn't actually use it to get you to the site. You're actually at the site.
0: Because in in this type of marketing, you're not using patterns to better assist the customer. You're using the patterns to force any customer to make this purchase, whether or not the purchase would help this
1: person. Now, here's the thing, because this is where I think we're having that disconnect. Tell me a time where neuromarketing has made you make a purchase that you didn't want to make.
0: Sure. It could be as simple as you're, you're awake at 4 a.m. and you're watching an infomercial, and the infomercial knows which is why it's, it's displaying at this time in the morning in that particular locale, that these people are going to be sleep-deprived. They might be a little bit depressed. They might be uh, less prone to deep thought about whether or not they need this product. And they're just going to flat out tell you, you need this product. You need it now. They're going to create a, a false sense of urgency, a false sense of, of scarcity for this product. And they're going to just entice you to purchase the product whether or not you need it. Now you, you touched on a
1: lot of things, and I like where you said the scarcity option, right? So, if we look on the market as a whole, we do create limited amount of products as a result to make them more wanted, right? So, what's wrong with that? There is something about only having a hundred of this Ferrari. I'll only make a hundred. So, you can be one of the people that have 100 or not. That said, I don't see the problem there. You can choose to not be the person with the new Ferrari, mm-hmm. or you can buy it. No one forced, at that point, I'm not forcing you. I'm telling you that, hey, this product exists. It's amazing if it is
0: an amazing product. Yes. If you hone in on just that one aspect alone, that would be like honing in on a robber just walking into the store. Now, if, if you just look at that by itself, it's going to look like, well, yeah, it's not so bad. All he did was walk into a store. But that was just one component of the robbery. He had the gun. He had the intention of robbing the store. He pointed the gun at the the store clerk. True. However, let's go back to
1: the product. So I added an amazing leather interior. Mm -hmm. An even better paint job. It may not be as... And that wasn't one of the things that I mentioned. It may not
0: be as fast. You're, You're adding value to the actual product. What I was discussing was there is no value added to the product. In fact, there was no mention of a product at all. You are simply picking on people who are vulnerable at a certain time of day and you have no care about actually making their lives better through this product and all you want to do is push the right buttons in their brain to get them to say, yes, I'll purchase this now while they're in their sleep-deprived stupor. And that is immoral, unethical, and anti-capitalist because in a capitalist society, it's, it's designed to allow greed to help the masses. Now,
1: I'm pretty sure all of these products, at the end of the day, they are refundable. So if you don't want the product, you can refund. The fact that no one's refunding the product
0: should tell you something they wanted the product. No, they're working off of another principle called slippage. When you attempt to return the product, if you even make the attempt in the first place, because a lot of people don't have time for that. If you're sleep deprived at four in the morning, the the next day you're going to be even more tired and you're not going to have time. You're going to be like, oh, it was just 20 bucks. I'm just going to let it go and, and not deal with it. But at the same time, they're also hoping that the hoops you have to jump through in order to return the product make it so that you don't even want to bother. For example, a restocking fee, that you have to ship it back on your own dime, that you have to get an RMA from them in the first place. And all of these, these barriers to to the return are going to be enough to dissuade those people who were able to be manipulated into making the purchase in the first place from making the return. But at what point does personal responsibility have to play in this? If you didn't
1: want the product, you didn't have to get it. Sure, at 4am you're sleep deprived. Why don't you go to sleep? If you were sitting there watching the infomercial, why are you on the channel that's trying to get you to buy now? The whole idea behind that channel is to sell you something. You are on those channels that are trying to sell these products. You know there's a product there. My job as a marketer is to get you to buy my product. And I do think my product would help you. If you have no interest in the product at all, you wouldn't buy it. The fact that you bought it means that you did have personal interest
0: in it. No, that's not true at all. The, the whole premise of why are you up at that hour? Why are you watching that channel? The the infomercials, they're put on, on any channel. It, it takes up the other programming during those hours because the, the network itself realizes that hardly anybody is watching at that hour, so why not make the money off of the, the infomercial? And why are you watching TV at that hour in the first place? Well, because somebody probably neuromarketed your cable subscription to you in the first place and... With all the other things that that are are being uh, blasted at you to to manipulate your mind, you can barely fall asleep. so then when you make the purchase it's it, it really wasn't your choice you've You've been uh, manipulated since the beginning to get the cable subscription, to watch that infomercial, to push the button to to make the purchase it's It's ridiculous you They're not trying to convince you on the merits of the product or service. They are just trying to manipulate your mind, regardless of the product, just to make a purchase. This is turning an entire generation of people into hoarders and, and and unable to handle even the most minor financial emergencies because they have no savings. They're just constantly making purchases, purchases, purchases. Here's the thing. I think you're trying to make hoarders into victims,
1: right? So, and I mean that from the perspective of I've never been tricked by these infomercials, so why is it that some people aren't
0: tricked by it and others are? I think that person that purchased it wanted to purchase it. Sure, you've never been tricked by an infomercial. That's fine. Maybe you don't you don't stay awake at that hour or you don't watch those channels or you don't have cable and you have Netflix or something else. But you have been triggered at some point to make some purchase, whether you realize it or not. But it's something that I wanted, right? And this is this is kind of where I'm maybe, going to with it. Maybe, maybe not. It. And this is where I'm going
1: with it. It's that, ultimately, these people decided they wanted something. And sure, I, I made an advertisement about scarcity. And it's only 100. And they bought into it because of that. I don't find that to be such a bad thing. I mean... At the core, it just urged them to make that decision quicker. They still wanted a product. There was still an interest, and it amplified their interest. So what's the problem with that?
0: So that's a different kind of of marketing. This type of marketing is, is the one that just... Forces you into something. For example, it doesn't have to be an infomercial or or a a major product, a durable good, or anything like that. It could be as simple as a meal. You're driving by the road and you see a sign and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm hungry. Let, Let me go there and eat something. Now, were you really hungry? Had you been thinking about food this entire time? Or did you just realize that you were hungry now? Could it have been because they made the sign those three colors that induce hunger red, yellow, green? Why do you think Subway uses
1: those colors? And you see, I think Subway uses the colors to actually just grab attention, not to make you hungry. And the sub that's on the billboard, when I see that sub, I'll go, oh, I could go for a sub if I'm hungry.
0: This, I think this is but where... But that's why they chose those three colors, to induce hunger. If they just wanted your attention, they could have made the, the billboard a, a vibrant green or just all yellow because men pay more attention to yellow. But instead they chose those three colors. I think if they had chosen yellow, I would
1: still have seen it and wanted to go to Subway if I was hungry. I think what I think what we're doing here or what People are trying to say here is that neuromarketing is somehow mind control. It is. And it, it isn't mind control. Yes. It's if it, dra- if it grabs your attention. I don't think neuromarketing can actually make you do anything you don't want to do. It can. This is to a certain an degree. excuse that they're using in order to justify their horrible behavior, their horrible buying patterns. At the end of the day, if you're telling me that green, blue, and yellow makes me want a sub, I don't buy it.
0: I didn't say blue, but in any case, th- this is what's happening. It's it's not mind control to to the extent where they could force you to stand up, turn around, walk in a certain direction, pat your head, and rub your tummy. It's not like that. It is a series of suggestive icons and sounds and smells to eventually gear you towards a certain outcome, and it it's... Pretty much usually to an outcome that you would not have otherwise done on your own.
1: I mean, and how is that a negative in the sense that, okay, so... Now you've spent
0: your money on something you didn't want.
1: Now, Pizza Hut, for an example, let's say they have, you know, fumes when you're on the street and it smells like pizza. Mm -hmm. And then they have the billboards of pizza. Mm -hmm. And then when you get hungry, you decide to go and buy a pizza. What's wrong with that? There's nothing. Well, wrong which with that.
0: which pizza did you buy? Was it their pizza or another absolutely pizza?
1: their pizza? What's the problem with that? You just bought their pizza because they put the money into grabbing your attention. Mm-hmm. They didn't make you get hungry, but when you got hungry, they made it that you saw and thought well, of their
0: product. Didn't they make you get hungry? You just said that you smelled the pizza. Do they, do they vent? Their pizza smells straight up into the air like you would imagine a normal business would do? Or did they waft it out horizontally out of a window? For this
1: discussion, I'm going to say they made a vent from the kitchen all the way right out to the street so that you would smell that pizza as you're going
0: by. What is the problem with that? You smelt the pizza. Yes, you're smelling the pizza intentionally. They are forcing that smell upon you. And
1: as a result, you smell a pizza and you're like, I could go for a pizza. What's the problem? Well, there's also,
0: that alone is already a trigger because they could have vented their exhaust in a normal way where maybe you wouldn't have smelled it. So that's already intentional. Then, then on top of that, they have a sign with a specific color scheme, size and direction so that not only do you notice the sign, but it it entices hunger inside of you. And then they can also uh, color coordinate it. They can put some sort of a, of a, a sign there that, that gives a, an advertisement of a sale or something like that where it's creating scarcity, there's a limited time offer, uh, there's only 300 of these, you know, you have to act now, something like that. It's the combination. These are all layered. Eat, oh, any, absolutely. any single one may not force the purchase, but the combination does and you are no longer able to make a, Conscious, well thought out decision to make this purchase. And that's where we disagree because here's what I'm saying. I think you are conscious
1: enough to make the decision. I've just made it so that you will prefer my
0: product when you do make that decision. So in, in yes. terms of the pizza, but here's you didn't the thing. you didn't make me prefer it for actual merit reasons. You and you just you just made me do it on my baser instincts. I'm
1: no Rob the pizza guy. Mm-hmm. Let's be clear. Yeah, if you're I started me. my pizza shop. My pizza empire, the vents are going to the street. The billboards are going to be yellow, and they're going to say, eat at Rob's. Well, I would
0: expect that from someone who's arguing on behalf of neuromarketing. Absolutely.
1: And then afterwards, I'm going to make it so that I rotate out the pizzas. Every single week, there's going to be a different type of pizza, and you've Mm -hmm. got to get it now. How is that negative? If you're hungry, and then you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I... Eat at Rob's. I remember that I saw that sign. You come to Rob's Pizza Empire. You get an amazing pizza, and it satisfies your hunger. What is the problem? And if you get in there and you eat it, and it's a horrible tasting pizza, you'll never go back because the pizza was terrible. It's it's not until the
0: next time you trigger them with with neuromarketing. Look, here's if, the thing: it, if it it's matters. A bad
1: product. It matters you because won't go back.
0: it matters because did they choose your pizza? Number one, because it was better than the other alternatives, or number two, did they even have hunger at that moment when they chose to eat your pizza, or did you trigger that inside of them? Well, here's the thing. This is where I say we're disagreeing. Yeah, now you're making the world uh, obese
1: as well. You see? Now this is where we're disagreeing here, because I just made them smell the pizza, and then if they got hunger, their brain must have said, hey... I could go for a pizza right now. If
0: you're full and you smell the pizza, you're not going to go, oh, I'm full, but I well, have you, to bite pizza. You just said you made them smell the pizza. Yeah, I made you, them smell it. Absolutely. You know you know that smelling food of that nature, which hits all the, the basic macros, cause, induces hunger in people. No. it
1: If they're hungry, it will bring them in. If they're not hungry,
0: it won't. So you're telling me that you've never not been hungry, seen a chocolate cake, and been like, yeah, I could have a piece.
1: No, I've never done that. But if I see the chocolate cake and it looks amazing, I'll be like, you know, next time or lunchtime, I'll be coming here to try it out. You know why you're
0: saying that? Because you're aware of neuromarketing. And so you've already built up your defenses to it.
1: And you know, maybe that is what it is. I won't disagree. But then at the same point, what I'm trying to get to is that at the end of the day, that brings you in the door. However, if the product is bad, you'll never fall for that trap for that company again that's not true people still buy products whether good or bad look amazon is full of negative
0: reviews of products
1: and that's why you can return it to your heart's content if you didn't want it yes or you but didn't these people like are it. still in
0: business due to slippage and the hurdles of
1: returning that product and Actually, if you think about it, when you return that product and you're saying it's horrible, you'll never buy from that person again. So the whole act of neuromarketing and getting
0: you in there is just to get the first customer through That's fine, because that person got your sale, and then they may have moved over to another product in the future. And at the end of the day, they
1: leave such a negative review, it actually hurts you. So the only point in which marketing makes a bad product fail faster... That makes a good product sort. No, that's all it
0: is. They it just buy. The they buy a set amount, knowing that eventually, since it's based on just neuromarketing, that they won't be able to sell this forever. They sell out. They move on to the next product. Why do you think all of these companies make it so easy for you to make the purchase in the first place? Now, here's the thing: what you may be have thinking you seen, about some have you seen shady business. One click right? shopping
1: at Amazon. Absolutely, and Amazon isn't a shady company. No, they but just, a lot of their
0: sellers are.
1: And at the same time, that's why you do get to review the customers and the sellers. Not the customers. You do get to review the sellers. No, you get to review the customers' reviews. That's fine. It makes sense. Go ahead. Sure. And then after that... You review the hell out of the product, right? You don't vote it. You leave your comments, and
0: you move along. Yes, but because the next purchaser was neuromarketed into into making that immediate impulse purchase, they didn't even bother to read your negative review. No, but
1: at that point, that's why I say, why are we taking the personal responsibility away from the actual user? I'll at tell you what. At the end why. of the day, yes. The when reason you go on
0: Amazon. The reason why don't, would you check the review? before you buy regardless. And I'll answer that question. But the reason we're taking the, the responsibility away from the purchaser in a neuromarketing scenario is because they were forced into the purchase. They were, they were triggered into it through no base biological methods. No one is forcing methods. them into
1: anything. They're not forced to buy that pizza. I'm, let's you, give here, it to and say
0: I made them hungry. Here's I did her, not force them to actually buy the pizza. You forced them, and I'll tell you why. Look. Here's a scenario where someone was not neuromarketed into purchasing something. They did not see any advertisements. They they did not uh, see a sign or smell a smell or be triggered into anything. They just happened to be in their house and they noticed that one of their pipes is leaking and they don't have a tool to tighten the the nut around the, the pipe that's leaking. So fine. They now have a legitimate need for, let's say, a pipe wrench. Okay, so now they go shopping for a pipe wrench. And they are actively seeking something. So they have already chosen their favorite seller. It could be eBay, it could be Amazon, it could be uh, Home Depot, whatever they want. So now they go straight there, whether online or in person. And they look for the pipe wrench. They see several options. They pick the one that they feel is the best for their job. They read the descriptions and they read the reviews and everything, and they make the purchase. That is a straight capitalist purchase because it was done based on the merits of the device and their need for
1: it however and i'll jump in here sure now we have all these companies competing against each other because you've got to remember all these companies selling that product are competing so when you get on amazon because you need the product Mm -hmm. i made my product blue because i know it's going to get your attention right that's fine we're back there it's still neuromarketing that
0: put me over the other competitors welcome to neuromarketing hold on but that's, that would be a triggered purchase, right? But in this scenario that I'm giving you, which is a, just a basic capitalist purchase, that's why it works for everyone. It forces someone to make a better product and it, it allows the consumer to, to benefit but off of But you went product.
1: for the product that you needed. Yes. I used Neuromarketing to make you choose my product over the other four products. Okay,
0: but hold on. Now, if, if you're forcing that to happen... It's probably because your product is not better than the other ones. It's, or it could just
1: be that I want to stand out from the other one, and then maybe my product is the best product. But you would never know that because you you randomly clicked another company, right? So at the end of the day, my business is
0: to make. I want you. Yes. This to is why. This is why it's a detriment to society because you are now turning all of of the the sales process into just who can trigger who to to buy the the product, regardless of the the product's abilities itself. But in this case, as you can see, I use
1: neuromarketing in a sense that I didn't even make you want the product itself. You needed that product. Yes, but now you steered them away from the
0: best product available. I steered
1: them away from my competitor's product. As far as I'm concerned, I
0: have the best That's product. So fine. I
1: steered them towards the best product. But
0: you should have steered them towards your product based on its merits, not its, its neural triggers. Now,
1: why not do both? Because remember, it makes you click the button to learn more about my product. Then you'll see all the merits and you can choose for yourself. Do I want to go with this one? Does it have all the features I need? So in that case, you would just use regular marketing techniques as opposed to neuromarketing. Well, I use the color that you're saying that that influences you. I use whatever marketing techniques I can to get you well, to come to see my product. That's what I'm
0: saying is wrong. If you are triggering just their baser instincts and the way the brain works as opposed to selling them a better product then that is neuromarketing and that is horrible that that just destroys the entire marketplace of products and and devolves it, it into just you know, whatever shiny, shiny little blinky light can, can get the person to look in your direction. And you see, I think that's
1: really where we disagree on it is that as far as I'm concerned, you wanted the product, you went looking for the product, then I use... Only
0: in this one scenario, but it, usually neuromarketing
1: just forces you to want a product it, it at random. It drags your attention to it. And that is okay
0: because that's what marketing is intended regular it. marketing could have done the same thing and still won your customer based on the merits of your now, product. No,
1: everyone is doing regular marketing. I have to step my game up. That is then business. Then make a better product or offer a better price. And you know what? Even if I make a better product, then at the same time, we're still in the place where company B may use better marketing techniques and you may not get the better product. I need to get you to come to my product because it's a better product. And I need to do more than what my competitor is doing. So, that's business. Like
0: I said, do better marketing, do better product, or or
1: do a that's better price. That's what we're trying to do. We're getting better prices. We're getting better products.
0: And no, the we're only getting thing, your attention. No, that's not true. The only thing that you told me that you did that was supposedly better... Was pick a color to induce a person to... to yes, but product. I
1: did say that I have the better product. So if a company with the best product uses neuromarketing, what? Are they now a horrible company? Yes. No, they're not. Because maybe that product wasn't actually the best one for that individual. Or maybe it was for the individual. Yes, but you have it to let just them come to, get to that decision it. on their own. And they did. I just brought their attention to the product. And if... And a customer would go in and then do their research. If people aren't doing their research and they're just moving and clicking and buying, then that's not how the system works. Maybe well,
0: they wouldn't do that if you weren't triggering their, their base or instincts to, to make those those that's, decisions. That's
1: why companies like Amazon really relies on the consumers knowing they're supposed to read the reviews and leave reviews when they like and they dislike because at but that at point, the same
0: time Amazon does little tricks as well where they, they Remove all barriers to the purchase they make it a one click uh, purchase button they they give you a million different offers at the same time they they have uh, these these sales that only last two seconds and and that's what people want like sales that last people want sales
1: people want deals the, that's the reason you make so much money at black friday it's because people want those sales, even if they're not sales. I think they should be actual discounts but People love sales, right? So that's one thing. And making it more convenient, who is it that wants convenience? Who is it that wants two-day or one-day delivery? Giving people what they want to bring them in, that's not a problem.
0: Doing things in this fashion will reduce the quality of products overall over a length of time. Because now... You are focused on making a product that can be neuro-marketed to people as a, as opposed to a better product that would attract people naturally. I think if the product itself is bad, then the
1: company will fail, regardless of how you're marketing it. Whether it's no, lawsuits there's, there's because plenty. the product doesn't work as it's intended, there is terrible reviews that bring a company to bankruptcy there is numerous returns which will even make your payment verifier and merchant not do business. That's even with you. more reason so, why
0: neuromarketing is bad because it, it's, it's bad for the purchaser, it's bad I, for the seller. You shouldn't be using it.
1: No, this is marketing 101. Neuromarketing, guerrilla marketing, no, marketing all the marketings are the marketing same. Marketing 101. Sales is, is the same is thing. classic this marketing. Is sales. No, this is sales. Now we're going to say sales is a bad thing too. This is not classical sales. marketing is is essentially the same thing. When you walk into somewhere and a salesman looks on you and tells you, hypes that product up, doing the same things we just said, same thing. No,
0: there is a difference between a salesman telling you specifically only the benefits of the product versus a salesman walking up to you and inducing fear in you in order to get you to make the purchase. Yes, but a salesman will actually outright hype
1: up the product making it seem better than it actually is no what, absolutely
0: for example making it better than it actually is that's fraud but telling you only the positives of the is product that making it better than it all, <laughs> than no it is? no no for example it's not their job as a salesman to tell you the negatives unless you specifically ask for the negative what they will do is they will only tell you the positives and that is fine you know why because the positives are what the product is designed to do. And if that meets your needs, then the sale is made. But if the salesman walks up to you and he towers over you because they specifically picked someone who's six foot five and built like a tank, and he speaks to you in, a, in an overly deep voice, which is not even his natural voice, he's doing it on purpose just to elicit a fear response from you, and he's intimidating you into making this purchase, that is wrong. That has nothing to do with the product. He could be selling you a used tissue paper, or he could be selling uh, an ice cube to to an Eskimo, and it amounts to the same thing. He fraudulently sold you the product. Now, here's the
1: thing. If the salesman comes up to you and says, hey, yeah, you know, this gets the job done, focuses on the positive, doesn't tell you that it's going to break in two weeks. That was the negative. And then you wait for four weeks, and the product's already broken. That sounds to me like the same thing you're saying is okay. is not okay. You've actually just got a bad product. Negative. He did
0: not force you into the purchase. He told you the things the product could do. If you needed the product to last four weeks, you would have said, how long does the product last? I
1: think and this is where we're talking around the fact that neuromarketing just brings you to the product. At no point it do also I see neuromarketing the making
0: me actually make that purchase the whole point of neuromarketing is designed to get you in front to make of the, the door purchase. no it gets you
1: in the no door. that
0: is only one ability of neuromarketing neuromarketing is making you do Injections. acts like
1: a salesman can actually tower above you and force you to do it mm. can lie to you and can actually just hide all the negatives yeah those are three types of Effects that can come from a salesman. So if you're saying someone neuromarketing is bad. But well, that is fraud sh- when they do those things. And so, that's what I'm
0: saying neuromarketing is. It's but fraud. if
1: it gets you in the door at a pizza place, it doesn't make you actually make the purchase. When I But you the, should never have walked so that saying, door in the first place. So you're saying me actually making you smell the bread when a subway door is open should be illegal because it made you walk into the subway. It doesn't make sense. That just that's just me advertising my product no. by actually just open the door smell. No, it.
0: But when you pump out massive amounts of the odor purposely at ground level I am pumping it out when I
1: open that door consistently to get it out or doing the vent. How can you say opening and allowing the, the fumes to vent out so that it catches your attention because it smells amazing is a bad thing. I don't get it. That's that's actually Influencing you. That's like saying. Exactly. It that, influences you. And that's what marketing is. It brings my product to you. It brings your awareness to my product. And having 10 billboards advertising my product cannot be illegal. That is just me advertising my product to keep it's it It's not in the your billboard mind. that's
0: illegal. The it's, yellow, it's the, red and green and yes. blue and
1: purple, whatever color it is. When, I mean, are we going to ban colors? When
0: you are specifically designing things to, to trigger responses deep into the brain. Whatever gets your a, attention. No, it's more than attention. You are trying to elicit responses based off of The colors, the positioning, the urgency, as opposed to the product itself—that is the problem. Because you are not promoting the best product any longer. You are just promoting the best influencing advertising. I am promoting a
1: product and. The colors will not determine whether it's a pro- you whether used it's the to, best product. You used to
0: pr- promote a product. Now you are just promoting
1: some sort of a neural trigger. I still promote a product. No. You still go into the subway and you make the purchase or not. If it's a bad product, you'll never go back. If it's a great product, you will go back.
0: But why That's would you even go in there in the first place? Because
1: I'm trying to get your attention to make you aware of the product. That's how businesses work. You know I what you've made me aware attention. of? What's that, that? that? You're a
0: fraudster. No. Yes. No.
1: This is marketing 101. Get to I already attention. told you marketing 101 is classic marketing which consumer, is not neuromarketing. As a consumer, never have I walked down the street, smelled an amazing pizza and gone you know what? That person should be put out of business because now I want to eat their pizza. It
0: makes no of sense. Of course not, to me. because it's happening to you on a subliminal and level. And then when I And walk then you in end up there, eating the pizza and you're just like, wow, I didn't even think I was hungry, but I ate it anyways.
1: And it was delicious, or it was terrible, in which case I never go back. So I, I don't feel like um anyone has committed fraud. They just made me aware of their product. Through my senses. I already
0: explained it. They are doing more than making you aware of the product. They are inducing senses, you to make the purchase. They
1: induced me to make the purchase. And if I love that pizza, then I am glad they did. If I don't, then I will negative review the hell out
0: of it. But that's business. But they still got you to make that purchase, which you otherwise would not have made. And that's business. And I, that's... That's but an illegal business. It
1: fits a need for me. I would not have purchased it if I didn't want something
0: but, but to eat. Clearly, you're not paying attention to this argument because you were induced into purchasing something that likely you did not need. No, that's actually not how it
1: works. As I said, you are under the impression you're that conflating these companies... are conflating classical were, marketing with neuromarketing. No, you are assuming that you're so easily influenced that smells and sounds and colors will automatically make you buy something you don't want and that is just not true. It increases the likelihood and induces no, now in many you cases. Said increases
0: the likelihood. It just made one look. But better you didn't than let me finish. Up, and also I, induces it in many cases. And the problem with that is again, it's based off of just triggers in your brain as opposed to the product itself being good or not. When I get in there, I'll try the
1: product. It makes you try a product. That's the
0: problem. There was no need to try
1: a product that you had no need for in the first place. Now, there's a difference between not needing it and needing
0: it, right? And then when you have a product that is being neuromarketed and there's a better product out there that's not being neuromarketed because they are playing by the rules, now you have a a poorer product taking over the market but when the better the product should have done even
1: it. when newer marketing doesn't exist. The better product does not always end up in your hand. That's business. Better product is not always
0: going to end up in your yes. hand. Yes, ever, no, and, and never. With what you are advocating, you are you are creating a scenario for a de-evolution of all of the products and not services. Not necessarily. That we have. Maybe it's an evolution. No, it's going to be Absolutely. a de-evolution because now people are not going to be focused on on competing with a better product or service. You see, but with a better trigger to no. force you to Here's buy something. The problem. Why it's not just have a computer chip implanted into your brain so they can force you to buy whatever they want avoid, you to buy?
1: You're trying to avoid the fact that the good product. Is the will keep you going back. At the end of the day, so you got me to buy it once. Why waste your time and money on the first bad product? Here's the thing: you already have the want or the need. I put my I use neuromarketing to get my product into your hands. If neuromarketing didn't exist, we would use something else to get the bad product into your hands or the good product into your hands. At no point in history was there a time when the best product was always the one purchased everyone are you the joking while, there's
0: plenty of times in history when that was the case
1: every time as you can see with companies coming and going someone bought the bad the bad product and said hey this is garbage so the bad product always ended up in someone's hand at some
0: point that's not regardless. true there are landfills full of horrible products that exactly, nobody bought
1: exactly but that's the leftovers. No, to, that was the entire stock. In today's society, there are landfills filled with things that no one bought. That has not changed. All right. I got the product Very in well. your hand. Look at it
0: this way I prefer to win somebody's business with a better product, and you prefer to win somebody's business through trickery. No, I prefer to get their attention and then hand them the better product through trickery. No, through marketing. And and who's to say that you have the better product when you never told them what the merits of the product was? When they walk, they
1: smelt it. They know it. And then after they come in and they taste it, the fact that they keep coming back tells me I've got the better
0: product. Or that you just keep triggering them and they are susceptible to that type of neuromarketing. Oh, come on. My sales say otherwise. Yeah. It says you've sold nothing, including this argument.
1: I disagree. I think the audience bought it.
0: Was your favorite advocate arguing on your behalf, or have you discovered a new respect for the opposite view?